Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Okay, welcome, Julie. Okay, so I'm pumped for y'all to hear from Julie. Julie is one of my dear friends. We had met over a year ago in a course creators workshop because we both do online courses and coaching. And Julie taught me about the whole world of HSPs and highly sensitive persons, people. Julie, (laughs) welcome to the You Do Woo podcast. You are one of our first guests on this new rebranded podcast. So I'm excited. Um, Tell us, give us just like a quick overview of HSPs. For anybody who wants a deep dive in it, I'm going to link the episode we did on HSPs at the beginning of this year. I will put that in the show notes. Do a deep dive. Just give us like a quick overview of HSPs. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be a part of your new rebranded podcast. So this is super fun. HSPs or highly sensitive person is the term. I use highly sensitive people, but highly sensitive person is an innate biological trait that was coined in the mid 90s by Elaine Aaron, who did a lot of research. She's a psychotherapist. She was really trying to understand herself. And through that process with a therapist, she learned or she her therapist had said, well, I just think you're a highly sensitive person. And I think that was the story that she shared in the movie Sensitive. And from there, she kind of had a light bulb moment and really just wanted to learn more about people who considered themselves sensitive or introverts. And through that, her research, she wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. It's a good starting point. And she uses an acronym to describe the trait it's does d-o-e-s and this just gives you a little outline of what the trait is about but it's it just scratches the surface in my opinion so definitely listen to that other podcast because i get into a little more uh, nitty-gritty but d stands for depth of processing and o stands for overwhelm e is emotional reactivity and empathy and the s stands for noticing the subtle and those parts make up the highly sensitive person the trait is found in 20 percent of the population based on elaine aaron's research however i think even newer research is saying 30 percent of the population especially with the little ones that are coming into the world right now and it is found in both males and females equally 
and it's also in the animal population. So this is something that if it didn't serve the population, we would have evolved out of it. And that's not the case. I feel like more and more of the population is becoming highly sensitive people. So um, that's just a little bit of the rundown of the trait. Um, but just knowing that it's a real thing, it's not a disorder, you didn't get it from a traumatic experience or response, it is a real trait. So that's really important to know as a highly sensitive person, because for the most part, a lot of highly sensitive people have felt like something must be wrong with me because I really don't fit in to the way the world works. The thing is, is that if you might go and take the test, which you can find in on Julie's website and in the link on our Instagram bio to figure out if you are an HSP, if you don't already inherently know that. But even if you're not, there's a lot of people in your life that are and really understanding HSPs is huge and just relational, you know, in relationships and, and helping each other out and all that kind of stuff. So highly recommend checking that out, even if you're not an HSP yourself. And if any of you guys are on Clubhouse, the clubhouse app julie has like one of the most popular like fastest growing rooms in regards to discussing hsp so what days do you do that is it thursdays so we are meeting on a regular basis every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time. I was doing a whole lot of rooms at the beginning of the summer, like late spring, summer, but it just was a lot. So I really listened to the audience and what they want and what is needed right now in this season as, as we're moving through fall and winter, plus all of the holidays that are rolling us out of 2021. And what I heard from a lot of HSPs is that they're going through a lot of transition. Their plates are suddenly a lot fuller and what they're seeking is more rest and repair. So I actually created the room uh, for the remainder of the year to be an interview series with an experiential practice. And that just means my hope is that when you come into the room, you're going to learn about a fellow HSP, different things that that person offers, and then also experience something that will fill your cup. So my hope is that you leave the room feeling better than when you entered. And usually HSPs who come into the room are seen and heard and validated, and that's just enough in itself. But yeah. I'm actually introducing different healing modalities, meditations, breath work, all these different practices that are really useful for HSPs. I'm holding space for that in the room so that you can experience it versus just talk about it. So that series is called Elevate HSP Voices. I have had this thought and idea about an interview series since January when I first got into Clubhouse. It's just taken me this long to get around to uh, doing this series. And it was a perfect way to end the year because so many people have hectic schedules. And I really do walk my talk as an HSP. I don't go on Clubhouse a lot unless I'm hosting a room. And I have a very busy photography season this time of year. 
And so I have to create space for me to be able to do other things. So I will be introducing additional rooms than that Thursday room starting in November because I'll be launching my group coaching program. And I really want to highlight a lot of the topics that I'll be doing in that program. So more is coming when I clear my plate, but it's been a really wonderful ride with Clubhouse. I did not know anything about Clubhouse until January. And I really just saw it as an experiential experiment. And um, really it was just me and Whitney starting rooms about highly sensitive people with maybe two, three, four, five people in the room. And now we have probably 30 to 40 people in a room each and every time. But it's been just a really great way for me to get the message out about highly sensitive people. I'm going to have to come join one of those because that sounds amazing. (laughs) I need to have you on as an interviewee as well. Yeah, definitely. We can make that work. If for those of y'all who are familiar a little bit with human design, I'm not going to touch on it very much, but just so you know, Julie's a 6-2 sacral manifesting generator with slightly more manifester energy. So her speaking in Clubhouse is like a really huge, that's like a gift she has that not a lot of people have. And I know for HSPs, Clubhouse is a lot, but you being able to get on there and use your voice and curate that room is like a really, really special gift that not everybody can do. Go and at least check in one or two of her rooms out and and see if it brings value to you, because I bet it will. So thank you for doing that and being consistent with that. I know that that's like a huge gift for HSPs. It's huge. I mean, I have never done anything this consistent. (laughs) That's really the truth of it. When I was, you know, through the six month mark of just holding space every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, I was like, you know, I want to do this for a year. I want to at least hold space for this time during a year. And I have a lot of ideas for additional rooms, and I know that will come in 2022, which is my number, my year. So I'm feeling really excited about what's to come. It's just taking, you know, an app that's gone through a beta launch and growing with an app that no one really knows a lot about or isn't really on it yet. But yet I have created a club that has allowed HSPs to find me. And that has been such a huge reward. And it's, I get so many messages from people just saying, thank you for making the club. Thank you for holding the space. Um, It doesn't matter what we really talk about, but just to know that there are a group of humans that get together and are like-minded and see each other as who we are is just so important. Yeah, it really is. I'm definitely an HSP and I th- I don't remember what number I got on the scale. It was sort of on the like a borderline type uh I don't know what number. I forget. There's but a range was, just like yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely was considered an HSP and so many and I know a lot of people who are like a little more extreme HSPs than me and I'm I feel like so isolated and like too much a lot of times. And so I know that just being around other people and hearing from other people who are the same way is such a, I don't just being understood is such a big deal. Being, Every human wants that. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah. So I think that that's just a, a huge gift that you've been pe given people. So thank you for putting that out there this year. That's been thank awesome. You. The main reason I wanted to have you on is a few months ago, a couple months ago, I think it was like in July or something, you DM'd me on Instagram and you were like, okay, so I've been getting this ping, this like intuition <laughs> hit to cut alcohol out of my life. What has this been like for you? And I was like, oh man, let me tell you. <laughs> at that point, I was like at eight months of no drinking and all that kind of stuff. So tell us what, so now I think you're eight weeks alcohol free. Tell us like where that idea started, like what that intuition hit felt like to, to be told like, hey, maybe you, maybe taking this out of your life for a little bit would be a positive. Like, where did that come from for you? Cause it's different for everybody. <clears throat> well, I have to be honest with you, Allison, being someone that looks at your Instagram posts, you know, they always pop up. I always see what you're up to and seeing your journey with it was really part of the inspiration because I, I was certified as a holistic wellness coach in 2006. And ever since then, I've always done different cleanses. I've done different detoxes. I've switched out things for a healthier, better quality item. You know, I've always been really brave and courageous about omitting things. And I see food as medicine. So using food in a way that helps you take care of your body is really important to me. And to be honest with you, I didn't drink a lot before the pandemic. I know everyone's experience with the pandemic was traumatic, but it was also a different experience for everyone. Some people continue to go to their jobs. Some people had to just continue life under that stress and just keep going. And others like myself got to sit in an apartment for six months and do nothing. And I didn't know it was going to look like that. It was literally like every single month, something changed where I had a job lined up or I knew I was going to have this kind of schedule and it was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went through the, that process of just like, wait and see, wait and see. And it was like with no end in sight. And, you know, I, my summer job was canceled. The fall job was canceled. Just like everything that I had kind of really lined up in my life was eliminated in 2020. And so sitting around at home, you can only watch so much Netflix. And I'll tell you, as an HSP, I loved being at home. I loved being in my pajamas every day. I didn't have to put on makeup. I didn't have to wear a bra. I could just be comfortable at home. But really, the only time I left was to go to the grocery store. And even when I went to the grocery store, it was stressful because I had to wear a mask. I had to think about bringing something home. I had to just make sure that nothing touched anything. I mean, I'm a little OCD about stuff anyway. And then the pandemic just exasperated yeah. that. But really just out of sheer boredom, I started drinking vodka and having, you know, vodka lemonades and getting a big bottle. And it's just another day sitting at home. And I'll tell you what, you know, time doesn't exist when you're in that mode. It just feels like one big day every day. So having the alcohol definitely just allowed me to kind of release my grip from the reality of all the seriousness that was hitting us, you know, through 2020. And 
it's just like if you have one drink one night you have it the next night because it's there and it's free you already bought it you're not you're not at a bar wasting money or you know so it's just one of those things that just got into a heavy use over the pandemic and then when we thought the pandemic was going to be over which is 2020 2021 ended up being just another shit show uh starting right off you know january 6th um (laughs) so it just felt like a defeat right and it lo and behold um you know through all this this time period in june i had hoped to do a, a really major uh food detox because i had i'm lactose intolerant i'm fructose intolerant i have food sensitivities and i knew that i needed to really change up what i was eating but i couldn't think about that during the pandemic and in fact right before the pandemic in february of 2020 i was doing a huge elimination diet i was eating nothing but kale coconut milk and carrots i mean honestly i was eating like nothing and because of the pandemic i had to basically throw that out the window and just deal with life i couldn't deal with food that way so i had rehoped in june to kind of reset my diet and just do it in a very gentle kind way not black and white but just take out some things that weren't working and add in good things and then what happened is i was in the height of my clubhouse days i was doing like three or four rooms a week and once june hit which is also the time i get my bike out and i start biking again i ended up having crippling back pain and I literally have never had this kind of back pain before it went on for four weeks. So the entire month of June. So my start of summer season was living in agony and not knowing if I was going to be able to walk again. Yeah. And so I, I really, this is the pivot point for me when I had to slow down in clubhouse, I had to get real about my boundaries and I had to get realistic about what was a priority and what wasn't and obviously my health was a huge concern and so for me it was just it was like an accumulation of the pandemic is over i don't need to lean on alcohol the way i was during that time when i say the pandemic is over it's over in my mind obviously we're still going through it but it there's no like who knows what's going to come next am i going to continue to use that as an excuse And so that's where I was just cutting myself off by saying, you know, this isn't because of the pandemic, this is just out of a habit and let's look at that habit. And so basically I was like drinking when I would watch The Bachelorette because it put me in the mood and being an empath and an HSP who absorbs other energy, I do it through the TV too. If I'm watching a show that's in the Mediterranean or a tropical place, I feel like a pina colada, you know? It's like, it just, it enhances that experience, whether I'm there in person or it's just on TV. And so I just started noticing that stuff about myself and really decided that if I'm gonna deal with my health, the first thing that I need to remove from the list is alcohol because it doesn't serve any purpose other than, (laughs) sure, it's a stress relief, it's something that feels good in the moment it doesn't feel good you know after the fun has worn out 
And so basically it was just a no brainer. I was like, okay, I'm going to hit my 46th birthday. I'm going to enjoy the last of this bottle of vodka. And when that's done, I'm going to just take a break. And I saw all your posts. I saw how you lived your life. You were doing fun and exciting things. And it didn't matter if you didn't drink alcohol and you found ways to get around that. So that just inspired me. Why not just give up alcohol for my entire 46th year? Hmm. And I, my birthday was August 17th. So I didn't start right on the dot, but I just gave myself that grace. And I was just like, let's just try this for a year. Let's just see what happens. So that's where I'm at with that decision. I did a whole solo podcast episode on this, on my relationship with alcohol and what that looked like for me. Cause the pandemic, I had a, a lot of issues with drinking in my twenties, but then sort of cut back a bit, especially once I had a kid. And then the pandemic was like, that was like the, the nightly thing. The one thing that brought me like ease and joy. Yep. And then once I realized that I was like, well, that's sad. <laughs> that I this, know. Like, little bit of poison in my body is the only thing that's bringing me joy on a fucking everyday basis. Okay. Like this is a problem. But you know, um, what's sad. You're yeah. not the only one that thinks that way. One of the yeah. things that I've noticed since giving up alcohol is how much it is accepted in yeah. our society and culture to use it to de-stress, to celebrate, to woe in your sorrows it's yep. it's like the antidote to everything why is that why is it so accepted that we watch budweiser commercials during yeah. the super bowl why do people dedicate an entire day to binge drinking at football games like those are the things that have come up for me on uh, being on the other side of this claiming yeah. that alcohol is not something that i'm going to use anymore to fill those gaps so yeah. That's been really, really interesting observing. There's, it's, it's very deep rooted in our society all over the world, honestly. I mean, I'm sure there's pockets where it's not so, so um, socially acceptable, but everywhere I've been, <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's so deeply rooted. And I don't know if there's like a real reason behind it or if it's just this, um, you know habitual thing or it's it's an addictive substance so we just sort of like make excuses for it i don't know i don't i don't know like that's something i'm gonna have to like really think about and maybe we'll never find out part of me thinks that the higher forces that be want us slightly numbed out of and course. not not at our best all the time so I that they can with that. Us. and but it's you know you give a human a tv you give yeah. a human a six pack, yeah. you know, or a six pack of beer. I shouldn't say yeah. six pack yes. of your abs. I don't know and, what that's know, like. Yeah, let's let's like dumb down the people so that they don't overpower the 1%, you know? Like I totally believe that there are different things in place. Uh, news is another one of those, fear factor, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Let's put us all in a state of fear so that we just show up, go to our jobs and, you know, do, follow the lambs, you know, that's yeah. just, I can't do that system. So yeah. it's really interesting. The more mentors I have that are part of like the top 1%, the elite, the more people I meet who don't drink. 
I know. And it's so fascinating. I actually, it's so funny. So I am a subscriber to Medium, which is like uh, alternative news. They have different articles that you can, you know, whatever. And of course it has an algorithm and I click on one article that's like, these celebrities don't drink or never drink or, you know, whatever. And now it just keeps sending me articles like what my sober life feels like. And, you know, just, it's so funny. And just being on that side of the coin is really fascinating because it existed all along. I just wasn't paying attention to it. And yeah, there are a lot of celebrities or people that I look up to that they just don't drink. And I can understand that just being older, alcohol affects me differently. It definitely screws up with my hormones. It messes my sleep up. And being an HSP, I need my sleep. I can't go through sleepless nights. So to me, it's like, I already know that this is coming. If I drink this alcohol, I'm gonna have a rough sleep. I'm gonna, Mm -hmm. you know, be dehydrated. I'm also gonna want crappy food to kind of soak up that alcohol the next day. So to me, I would just rather find something else that brings me pleasure with not so much repercussion. And a question for you, what would you say to people who maybe are in situations that you and I were in where it's like, but it's my only thing that like helps me feel good at the end of the day. And I don't want to take a year off and I don't even want to take a month off. What would you say to them as far as giving them a little bit of encouragement and support on even just taking a shorter break from alcohol? You know, honestly, I probably wouldn't encourage them to change unless I knew they were in transitional space Mm -hmm. and open to change. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I think more than anything with alcohol, because it is so accepted that kind of have to have a thick skin to not do it. You have to really step into your power as a person because you know how this substance affects you and you're being self-aware, you're being curious, you're observational. So unless you have those skills, I think, sure, if someone says, this is my only thing, really, is it your only thing? Because I think there are a lot of things that can make us feel better, a good night's sleep, alone time, peace and quiet in nature, There's just a handful of other things that could be supportive that aren't going to leave you high and dry. They're not going to put you in a state that impacts your hormones or your immune system. I think the more people know about how alcohol impacts us, the more you would maybe not want to use it as those those forms of self-care or that way to let loose. You know, I I think it just, I think it comes in stages. You kind of have to have maybe a bad incident with alcohol or just a health issue come up or something that's really going to motivate you and drive you versus like, oh, there are better ways to have fun. Why aren't you looking into that? Because it's, again, it's so socially accepted to do it that way. That was not the answer I was expecting you to give, but you know what? (laughs) It's a good answer and a very truthful, honest answer. The reason I know this is because I have a lot of people who sign up for my wine break course and it's 10 days. So it's not like anything crazy, 
but 10 days, it's a lot if you've been used to drinking on an everyday basis. So a lot of times I'll get people who will start on a Monday. They'll start the 10 days on a Monday, which is like the, the most popular day to start. And then by Thursday, they're like, listen, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, hey, go have your drink. Keep going with the course. Like maybe watch the training while you're drinking. Maybe watch the train in the morning and then go to happy hour that that afternoon. But I'm like, you don't have to stop drinking to do the wine break course and start thinking of at least just exactly. That's a very valid point. Yes. I think you're bringing awareness through the course, whether you're giving up the substance or not. Don't judge yourself or don't shut down because you think this information, this new information is too much for you to assimilate. You know, it takes a lot of hearing something before you take action. It really does. And you've got to be motivated by something like where, hey, I have a health condition that I should be on an anti-inflammatory diet. If I'm using alcohol and I want to be healthy because I don't want to be having arthritic back pain and an anti-inflammatory diet will assist in making me feel better. I'm going to be more motivated to let go of the alcohol as a form of relaxing or uh, having that let loose kind of feeling. Um, You just get to a point where your health is more important. And really, that was the stepping stone for me. It wasn't so much oh, I have a drinking problem or I, you know, I noticed that obviously I had picked up my drinking during the pandemic. If I didn't have it around, I, you know, I'm not super social. I'm at home a lot. I don't, I'm not around it a lot. So it wasn't like I had to pull myself away from some sort of social construct that also fueled me, you know? Um, So having those pillars that, kind of just force you to look at your use of alcohol. And, you know, I'm not saying I won't ever have alcohol again, but when there's an opportunity to have alcohol, I look at that choice really mindfully. And I don't decide based on emotion. I decide based on here are the facts. Am I going to feel good after I have this night of fun or is it going to set me back a day? Do I want to lose a day from this experience? Why not just have a virgin drink? You can still participate. You can still be social. You can be out with friends. They don't even know it's virgin. You know, you can still have that experience. I'm not taking away the experience, just taking away that thing that makes us a bit fuzzy and doesn't in clouds our choices and affects us physically and mentally, emotionally and can just have fun without it. It's just a new adventure like anything else. And it's, you know, it's that clarity. It's like having clarity all the time in a way where I definitely would be comfortable getting drunk. It wasn't like it changed me as a person or made me a different person. It's like people who get so angry when they're drunk. I never really understood that, but I understand that it impacts the liver and that's where our anger comes from. So. But for me, I really felt like I was a happy drunk. I would enjoy my drinks and enjoy it. I I didn't have this like horrible experience when I would drink, but it was really just the after effects. It was the lack of sleep, knowing that I have hormone issues and different things that 
especially as a highly sensitive person, I mean, my stomach wouldn't feel good the next day. And then I'd want to eat crappy food yeah, that, yeah. you know, so it was just this non-going process. And I just wanted to eliminate the cycle. Yeah. And it's crazy the, the amount of research now that's being done that has like super high correlations of moderate drinking to breast cancer and dementia yes. and all Alzheimer's. of this Yep. So it's, it's interesting. I feel like there's a revolution going on right now with like talking about this without shame. Cause that's one thing yeah. that I really don't want people to feel. I will probably have alcoholic drinks again in my life. I don't know that I'm ever going to utilize it as a tool to um, de-stress ever again. Um, because that was just, to me, that doesn't feel authentic anymore. I have to figure out other ways to de-stress, but I, I just don't want there in the sober culture, there's a lot of shame and there's a lot yeah, of, I don't like that. It's kind yeah. of like in the vegan culture. Yeah. There's like, this is the best diet for everyone. Have you been all over the globe? Do you know yeah. how other people have to live? That's yeah. not necessarily an option. And I'm not, you know, alcohol isn't in the same boat, but you get what I'm saying. It's like yeah. people who I think withdraw from a substance can get very gloaty about it. They can just get, Hey, I'm better than thou. And that is something I experienced when I actually went to holistic wellness school and I was friends with a vegan and I was experimenting with all these different diets. We're learning about food and I'd always been curious about it. And she was really helpful on just introducing me to it. And she was always just the kindest, caring person. You would never know she's a vegan. She never talked about it. She just had her way of cooking her food at home. And um, I just really valued the fact that she didn't preach. And we, even within me, I felt that I was better than thou because I was trying this new, you know, diet out. And she was like, yeah, that's a really common thing in veganism. So I just thought that was interesting, but I can see how that really would show up with alcohol as well. And I think if you do look at the celebrities that abstain, they're not preachy or, you know, telling people that this is how you need to live your life. I think when you adapt a new habit or a new practice that feels good for you, you inspire other people by modeling it, not by forcing it down their throat. Like you need to do this to be healthy. You need to do this because using alcohol is not a good tool for de-stressing, you know? That never worked for anyone, be yeah. telling people what to do. So there is like, I think, a freedom of not drinking that brings me joy and I can just bask in that. I don't have to force other people to approach alcohol the same way. Yeah. What are some things that have supported you in not drinking just on an everyday basis? Like when you get to that, I don't know, for me, it was like when it turned like six o'clock, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to start making dinner and have my glass of wine. Like how do you, what kind of things help you or in your toolbox to help support you in that way? 
Well, I can relate to that because I definitely would feel that feeling like at the end of the week and I did a lot of work and I need to reward myself with mm -hmm. some alcohol. And, you know, for me, it was just, again, noticing, being more observant, being curious about, you know, why am I reaching for that? What do I really need? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Do I need to just sit and rest? Do I need to go sit on the back porch and listen to nature noises? So really for me, I took it on as an awareness practice. Mm -hmm. And through that awareness, I just was inquisitive with myself. And I asked myself, what did I need? And sometimes, you know, it, obviously alcohol wasn't the need. There was an underlying root thing that was, you know, pushing me to want to grab alcohol for that quick fix. And so I just started being inquisitive. And again, I have a huge toolbox of different things that I use, but, you know, as a highly sensitive person, alone time, quiet time, silence, uh, sleep, rest, all that stuff is really important. And so I would just kind of look at, you know, what can I give myself right now that would allow for me to fill my cup and uh, feel recharged instead of depleted because that's what alcohol is going to do. So I wouldn't say that there's like one thing. And I also want to just note too, that my work, what I do between being a uh, holistic wellness coach, HSP lifestyle coach, and also a portrait photographer, I get to do what I love every day that doesn't mean my job isn't stressful or be, working for myself isn't stressful but i can't imagine if i was a person going to a job that i hated or that stressed me out every single day just by being there or being around different energies or personalities or having a boss that breathes down your neck like that environment would stress me out to want to drink every day <laughs> and so knowing that i'm doing something that's meaningful and has purpose for me that fills my cup i don't need to escape on the weekend i don't need to hit friday and say okay i've got two days of freedom before i go back to that job i hate yeah. so i think that has a lot to do with it too yeah. where you know i love what i'm pursuing do i have it all figured out no do i have a perfect system and consistent income? No, <laughs> you know, yeah. there are stressors in being uh, self-employed and have running multiple businesses, but at least at the end of the day, I'm proud of what I do. I care about the work that I do and I want to be better, not just better professionally, but in my personal life. And I, I think because I'm a holistic wellness coach, you know, health for me is very, very important. So it's not just personal versus professional. It's very much uh, intertwined. You know, my personal life is a model of what other people can reach and achieve when you focus on holistic health and knowing that you're an HSP and treating um, your trait as a priority versus uh, stuffing it down or pushing it away or not acknowledging it. Because when we're 20 to 30% of the population, our lifestyle choices are going to look a lot different than 80% of the population. So we have to be a little strong and courageous. We have to say we can do hard things and take those lifestyle choices as part of 
who we are and you know lean into our biology instead of resisting it totally oh my gosh this has been so good i just so you guys know if you are not already on julie's email list i'll put the link for that in the show notes i get her emails i think they usually come once a week or so yes um, once a week. but they like that has a bunch of tools for your toolbox in if you do want to take a break from drinking or just dive into the whole HSP world and, and tools for HSPs. It's so, so helpful. It's I'm subscribed to quite a few emails, like weekly email lists, and yours is literally one of the most valuable. Oh, As far you. as like tools that you send, it's great. All kinds of stuff. So y'all sign up for that too. Julie, what do you have coming up in your HSP coaching business? Tell us. I am getting ready to launch uh, HSP group coaching and I've decided that it's group coaching because I would really like to be with the same group of people for six months. And um, I, so I had toyed around with membership, group coaching, one-on-one coaching. There's so many different avenues to go. And after again, nine months on Clubhouse, being connected to HSPs, knowing what they need, knowing what they want. I think that this would be the best fit. So that is hopefully going to be launching to the public over uh, the Thanksgiving weekend. And it will start in January, 2022. And if you are just interested in a one-off session, if you just want to talk about how to get those HSP REST guidelines in, I do offer a one-on-one coaching session that really hones in on strategizing around getting those REST guidelines in and really prioritizing your goals around your core values, because that is a huge motivator in getting us to adapt new habits and anchoring us in choices that really support who we are authentically. So that is something that I offer. Uh, You can book a discovery call. That's a 20 minute call that would lead into that strategy session. Um, or you can also just show up in clubhouse and you can come and meet with us every single week in clubhouse, um, that will always be free. Um, so there's just a lot of different avenues to reach access to me, but I'm really, really excited about the group coaching because it's almost going to be an integration between my passion for holistic health and then also my passion for the trait of high sensitivity in, in regards to highly sensitive people have certain health conditions because we are often stuck in uh, fight or flight. Um, we have issues with anxiety, depression, um, we have chronic health issues, we have chronic pain issues. And so I really cater the knowledge that I'm providing specific to HSPs and around supporting our nervous system, because again, our innate biological trait is about how deeply our nervous system processes. And if we don't empty out our cup and you don't have the tools and practices in place or the lifestyle choices in place, you are going to be going up river. You're, you really yeah. need to work with your trait. And I think prevention is better than burning out and then having two days of recuperation. So I'm all about prevention. And that's what I want to offer in my six month 
program. So it would be an integration between um, what I know as a holistic wellness coach, and then also those key survival tools and practices for HSPs. So that is coming for January, 2022, but I will definitely be rewarding my email subscribers with an additional discount. And I won't be offering that to anyone other than my email sus- subscribers. So if you want to get on my email list, that this would be a great time to do so. And I will be hosting um, HSP lifestyle rooms in Clubhouse leading up um, to the end of the year here so that people can understand the value of making these choices as an HSP. I love that. And it's so needed during this upcoming holiday season because that's when we are traveling and go see family and get all of our childhood wounds triggered and all of (laughs) things. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah. So important, such important work that you're doing. I just thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and talking about your alcohol free journey so far and all of your tools for HSPs. I appreciate you being vulnerable and you guys go give Julia follow, sign up for her email list and please screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram, tag us both on it and share it with a couple of friends who you know are probably HSPs. If you want to share this episode or the previous one we did at the beginning of 2021, it's just so they're going to feel understood, heard. It's what Julie's doing for the HSP community is just huge and they'll they'll love hearing about this. So please share this episode with your friends and Julie, thank you for taking time out of your really busy schedule to come and chat with our listeners and giving them all of this great wisdom. Thanks for having me. This was so fun and I just always love connecting with you, Allison. So thank you. I can't wait for your clubhouse rooms and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Allison. Bye. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to Your Wellness Journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast. 